Welcome to Hot Laps, brought to you by Heat Shield Products. Race testing. Are, are you All right, sure? welcome back to Hot Laps by Heat Shield Products. We're at lap 11. I'm Chris, and I'm pretty excited to be here. And how about you two? I'm totally stoked to be here. Really extra excited today. Pumped, super pumped. Yeah, you're pumped. All right, guys, today we're joined by Kevin Tates. His list of skills is super long. And super I'm just long. Gonna, yeah, I'm just going to touch on a few. Number one, TV personality, author, technical writer, consultant, driver of many cool cars and trucks. Builder. Lead, builder and builder. Lead singer for a hair metal band and even stress relief during SEMA. But you're going to have to go to YouTube to check that one out. Yeah, the, the Kevin Tetch stress relief at SEMA. Uh, also, yeah. I, I actually, I'll put number one, good All dude. All the clothes are on. All the clothes yeah, are clothes on. are on. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would put good dude as number one. Good dude? Yes. All-around good dude. He is. I, I didn't put that in there, but, yes, he is an all-around good dude. We, we don't hang out with – Bad people, and he's nah. like one of the best. In fact, he's he is probably one. You know, one of the. I would agree, man. Yeah, yeah. It's too kind. I really nah. appreciate yeah, that. Nah. It's nice to to hear somebody sing my praises. Yeah. It humbles me, and I'm I'm proud. Well, of well, we're 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 just buttering you up. Go anywhere. I want to remind people that are watching this, um, how this all got started. Yeah. How we ended up meeting, uh, in the first place. This was on the floor of SEMA. Yeah. It was in 2011, mm-hmm. and I'm friends with Kevin Bird, uh, and this is 2011 at SEMA. And I wanted to see Kevin's bad to the bone LS powered BMW that, mm. you know, I um, built it on the TV show and I'm friends with him. So, you know, it, it just looked great. And there was some really cool stuff on the firewall. It was like a twill weave, kind of a carbon fire weave heat shield. And I really wanted to look at it because I had ideas for my, my car. Anyway, so um, finally connected with Kevin, who's like, you know, it's like a, 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 a chicken in a rice factory uh, <laughs> at Steve when you're going from appointment to appointment. Anyway, finally hooked up with Kevin. We went over there, introduced me to Steve and Bruce. We looked at the car, and lo and behold, I find out that these guys are hardcore Ford fanatics and Mustang guys to the core. And I said, hey, man, let me show you my project. Showed them uh, my jaded Mustang, some pictures of it under construction, and I, and uh, and we just started talking. And they said right then and there, hey, man, if this is done in time, why don't you bring it out and have it in our yeah. booth at SEMA? Yeah. Wow. Touchdown. Yeah. And I went. You know, no, it was fantastic. And on top of that, uh, Steve and Bruce were so nice to me. They were so such genuine people. And when you're in the people business, like like I've been in for a long, long time, but you know, back in rock and roll and all that kind of stuff, you figure out people real quick. And you can you can tell when people are genuine and um, and and just people of a giving nature. And these guys were just fantastic. And they've never wavered. They've never been anything but first class, awesome people and great friends. And I consider them family now. So our relationship started back then with a really nice conversation on the floor of the world's greatest trade show. Uh, and, um, and we have to look back. So yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, pulling me into your family. man. Yeah, well, I. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You are family. Yeah. The other really cool thing about that was is that opened a whole new door to other people for us, right? Because yeah, um, it also opened a door to potentially having a second or just a complete move for the business somewhere down the road. Two years, yeah. three months, but nobody's counting, at least at this table. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I had never been to Tennessee before, never met anybody for really from Tennessee. I mean, I've dealt with people from Tennessee on the phone doing tech calls and stuff like that. But it was um, 
first of all, Kevin was super cool, like TV yeah, guy, right? He was yeah. doing the trucks, um, and just that that's like so just good. a down to earth good dude. I mean, you you know you're he gets mobbed when he goes. Yeah. You know, TC will tell you stories uh, about when he's traveling. He'll get people always come up and talk to you, and you're always polite. You're always you nice. Shake my hand in the men's room, though. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's usually that, that happens to Sheen a lot too, but he's not on TV, yeah, yeah. which is strange. I don't, know, I don't know what the secret is. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, opened up to a whole new group of people. You know, UTC, um, David Branson at DBR, um, yeah. just and it's just a lot of other door, other Tennessee doors open there. Decided I'd come out. I think it was the the SEMA show. Maybe a year later that I took my wife and girls out. And we wanted to go to Nashville and checked out because TC kept talking about the Opryland. And we, you know, kind of fell in love with that out there and how nice people are and how cool they are. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, anybody in Tennessee, I, I don't vote like a typical Californian. So <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to go back there, I think. I think I don't know. Oh, I'll have no, to get you're approval. Fine. You're fine. You're, uh, yeah. You're, but, you're, you've got your tea card. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it was just good. It was just, it, it just, like the moment, like I think that's like I just like oh wow he's a great dude like I could I could hang out with him well you I, know I and I, but you probably get that a lot from a lot of people. Well, it opened up your world to to um to my world and the people that I associate myself with. Sure. And I think likes attract likes. I think that's a law of the universe. And, yeah. Um, which means good people attract good people. And you know, there's a certain amount of personal responsibility with that. We have to shave people off of the edges that aren't um good for us. And that's a hard thing to learn how to do. Um, so, you know, Couldn't over the years, I've, I've tried really hard to surround yeah. myself with people that that share common goals and, and uh, are people of integrity. So um, so I'm proud to bring people from my world into your fold. And, um, you know, because it, it's just how humans are supposed to be humans. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it's nice to be not that this is like a circular compliment flurry right. happening here, but um, but it. You know, it just makes sense to uh, to to work with each yep. other. At this shirt right here, you know, I'm proud to wear your swag. Yeah. You know, I should we weren't. Well, we're of, proud to have you wear it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I hope we could talk yeah. about Pageucation a little bit because I've got some super exciting stuff I want to talk about too. Oh, good. Typically, I wear a Pageucation logo in uh, in interviews and, and podcasts. <clears throat> However, um, uh, yeah, I'm wearing your color. Yeah. Man. Well, we appreciate that, uh, dude. I think that is some. Probably some of the best life advice I've yeah. ever heard. You just, you just, you just <clears throat> doled out one of the greatest things. Let's let's talk about that. Like shaving off people out of your life that maybe, you know, you you you, you don't have to be friends with everybody, no. right? And I think maybe, like you said, you, you some people where you're just constantly working at that relationship with them. Like I can go without talking to you for three or four months. We don't communicate, but. The second we do, it's right back to it's like, like yeah, never leave an off or anything, you know? Yeah, and, um, and that's not uncommon. That's a universal thing. And uh, I've got dear friends that I went to high school with, and we can pick up that conversation just like that. And it's because you've bonded on some level, mm -hmm. whether it's tangible or intangible. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to to be confident and humble at the same time. And it's, it's, it's a learned skill, I believe, but, um, I'm going to quote my Angelo here, uh, my Angelo. Um, when, when people show you who they are, listen to them the first time. Life lesson. Sage advice. Yeah. So, so no, for real, man. I mean, it's, it's, that's makes sense. It's, 
it's not my wisdom, but it, that's wisdom. So if, if someone shows you that they're, they're, they don't have the right energy for you and them to propel forward together, maybe that's not the best time to, to, to bring them into your fold. Right. I'm not saying be mean to people. I'm not saying punt people. You know, it's easy on Facebook. Well, a lot of it's easy to be mean on Facebook. Sure. Too. But, but we just we have to pick and choose how we spend our currency. Um, and I, I've always said that there's two types of currency in this world. There's money and there's time. Right. Now, I can get a second or a third or a fourth job and I can make more money, but you show me somebody that can make more time. Yeah. So which one is which one is right. more valuable? Yeah. So the time that I spend money. with close You're friends, with people that mean something to me that that have uh, offered me kindness and love in my life, um, those are the types of people that I want to reciprocate with. Yeah. And the good thing about it is, you know, 30,000 foot view, the industry that we're in is filled with human stories that are just like us. And 99% of the companies that I associate with that I know are my automotive aftermarket are people just like us, are good people. It's the American dream lived over and over and over and over again. So um, to be able to come on uh, your podcast and do this stuff, you know, uh, it's, it's awesome. And I hope there's other people um, listening to this and, and uh, appreciating the fact that we're an industry of families and yeah. it's just a great place to be, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, obviously there's some large corporations like yeah. some of those investment groups that have bought things, but there are a lot of family, family owned businesses, families yeah. of people's family of racers. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like having, uh, uh, you know, we've been blessed to deal with a lot of people like you, you, you kind of have to have your own little family because, there's a lot of people because you are a personality. You're on. You've got a, a great uh, TV show or web series, whatever you want to call it. Now, um, you got to be careful that people aren't just trying to, I guess, leech or use you. You know, you yeah. kind of have to be protective of yourself and who you're who you're around, right? I, I suppose you do, but um, at the same time, you know, it if if we can find a cooperative energy, then that that's that's a good thing yeah i agree and, um I, I don't know yeah it's i'm so privileged to be in the industry that i'm in uh, i owe my career to people that have watched me on tv that have bought my instructional videos that that uh, bought the book and and um I, I will never forget who allows me the lifestyle and the 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 wonderful way that i'm able to make uh. a living i will never forget that i owe um my career to people that uh, share my aspirational hope and the fact that we can learn stuff and we can do cool things yeah. uh, and and grow. So that said, um, I have to I have to be I, I don't know I don't know whatever we all have to to. You have to be open, but you just got to be guarded. That's a little bit is what I well, I, yeah, I I would guarded. like to go to uh, his let place. Me say, let me say um, not guarded. We have to be focused. There you go. That's a good. That's a good. That's a better way to put it. I would like to go to his place and learn how to weld and paint. Like, yeah. I see if he could teach me just some basics in a week, because I bet I am so stubborn. He might have to make a run to Gatlinburg to go get some moonshine the second I leave town. Because he, he might like, I need to go hit the sauce because this guy has no talent whatsoever. Um, I have, uh, I've been working on for the last couple of years a way to extend um, public classes. Uh, I have a training center now. Um, I do hands-on skills training, but uh, but I can't talk about the class. I can't advertise, right. but it's more on a consultant basis. But I have converted one of my 
Uplinks to an actual classroom training center. So oh, wow. that's one of the things that com that's coming down the pike for education. Um, again, it's going to be uh, carefully controlled classes, a very small number of students. But um, through the course of my um, my existing training model, I've been forced from being a guy, not forced, well, no force. I've been forced <laughs> to change from being a guy that can produce a good instructional video for a hobbyist to a teacher that can um, create a lesson plan for a 10-day intensive training course uh -huh. that takes people from I don't know what a spray gun is to a, a very advanced skill level with a whole lot of homework on, on uh, muscle memory training and that they walk into my training course um, and I have to show them what the controls mean on a spray gun to where they walk out 10 days later and they're good technicians. Wow, that's so awesome. That, mm -hmm. that has forced me to really hone in on my skills and become a teacher, right. become an instructor, become not just a coach, not just somebody that can help you out, which I love doing. And I've, I've been doing that for 20 years, 1999. Uh, that's when I started education instructional videos. So this is my 21st year doing that. However, I've really, I'm so stoked that I, um, I've carried it to the next level. And now um, I can offer a way more focused and intensive training program that, um, that people can benefit from uh, in the, at some point, we're going to have live classes. Wow, that's awesome. Like streaming it, you mean? No. no. Oh, I see. Like I'm live my... people in your classroom and your and training actual, center. Actual hands-on classes. Yeah, that's but rad, dude. Uh, I met with a company uh, at SEMA this last year, and um, I, I'm shooting a course right now. I was actually in production yesterday. I'm shooting an online trade school. So instead of an instructional video, this is an online trade school. I'm so stoked about it, I can't stand it. I don't know exactly when the launch date is going to be, but we're working with a company that has interactive training software. I'm talking about test outs. I'm talking about accredited certifications. And um, it's a user experience that's unique to each one because it's interactive and it's depending on uh, – it's, it's such a cool software. Uh, and it looks very slick and very uh, professional. So – um, that's one of the things that I'm most passionate about and that, in these times right now. I'm sorry. I'm just monopolizing. No, that's a, no, dude, go, go on, ahead. This is, this is yeah, great. Reach so on in, in, uh, in these times right now to where we're, we're not, we're secluded, right? We're staying at home. Me and my wife are, we're petting the dogs and watching Netflix right? and, and not going out to eat and not, you know, not going grocery shopping and, unless we absolutely need things. Uh, so to me, it's, this is the time that I'm hunkering down. I'm producing my course and uh, the base course, which is going to be the first one out of seven total, everything from um, a master class on uh, surface correction on the highest level. Uh, I'm going to have guests in that that are uh, wonderful technicians. Wow, that's cool. Um, and, and we're going to have a class on how to achieve a Riddler Award winning uh, cut and polish job. Um, and there's there's going to be a, a master class on welding. There's going to be um, auto body repair, restoration techniques. Uh, the fundamentals course is is the first one of many, and um, and I've finally found the software that will allow me to do this the way I want to do it. That's and, cool. Oh, it's neat and neat. And at this point in my life, in my time, um, my honestly, my experience as a, as a wannabe rock star, my experience working on cars with my dad and my brother and my cousins, my 20 years of being paint education, most important, my work in television, teaching me how to focus a message to a very short and very powerful, short, concise delivery. 
Those things all combined right here and right now are giving me the power, the wisdom, and the knowledge and the confidence to create this online trade school. And I'm so excited about <laughs> yeah. it. I can't stand it. That's cool because it's kind of rare. Like I'm, I'm going to use um, a football analogy. There's a lot of like these unbelievably great football players, right? Like you see them on the field and they're just unbelievable. But they want to get into coaching or they want to get into broadcasting. And a lot of them are just horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. So but but yeah. you're like you're like your your um, your thing is I think you, you told me before a lot of the stuff you learned. Uh, you started doing a lot of body shop stuff, too, by staying in L.A. when the rest of your bandmates would go home for the winter or something. Right. And you'd stay in L.A., worked at a body shop. So you've been able to pick up these skills, these techniques. The cool thing is that you're able to translate it. It's like um, a lot of times I have to translate engineer when I'm dealing with a very high tech person. Yeah. Sometimes that's kind of difficult to do, right? That's like I think uh, you and Kevin Bird both kind of remind me in particular how – and he's a powertrain engineer for Ford, so he, he, he speaks engineer. engineer. Yeah. yeah, you guys are excellent at taking that speak or that language and presenting it in a way for the rest of us all to understand. So yeah. um, it seems so like a natural fit for you to well, do that this. Beat into us with television production. Yeah, you know, you, you go onto a TV set for the first time and you want to pontificate, but you, 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 uh, and actually say the the whole story. But you learn real quick that you've got 15 seconds to deliver an hour's worth of information. So mm-hmm. how do you do that properly? Right. Well, it, it's a skill. It's like anything else. It's an acquired skill. You know, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be on TV. It takes a lot of work. You have to learn how to address a camera, how to look at a camera, how to concise your message, how to eliminate things like um, how to right. figure out what your hands are doing without it looking like you're, you're, you're this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're not a robot, right? right? You're not a robot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so all of those things get, um, get hammered into us or we quit and go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still on TV, so am I. So yeah. So yeah, you guys, you guys obviously are doing it. So that, that's cool, man. I, I, I'm that's stoked cool. for you, dude. I, I love to hear that stuff. And when you get to do that welding video, mm-hmm. uh, I got a great title for you, how to teach a donkey, how to weld. <laughs> and oh, I could be the guy that could go up. And, cover. Yeah. And, well, I could be the, I could be your example. Like, Hey, we teach this moron how to weld, <laughs> and you could have me be the first, yeah. the first, like do my first couple things, and then by the end of the week, if I actually do well, you could use it. Like, look, I can take this this mental midget over here, and I can teach him <laughs> how to weld. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I could be a great salesman for you. You know Bowl what I mean? I'm in just a China shop welding. Yeah, I, I, well, well, I am, but I can't I'm weld. Ron, Ron Covell here. Ron Covell is um, a good friend, and he's got some incredible instructional videos. And if you watch his welding videos, uh-huh. he just takes the simplest things. His his method of instruction is so uh, laid back, calm, but really precise. And you learn so much from him. His his in person workshops. If anybody watching ever has the opportunity, to go to a Ron Covell metal shaping workshop or his welding classes, anything like that. Please go. You will learn so. You could go to the same course fifteen times, take notes, and learn different things every every time. time. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So those are, the, you know, I I try and model a lot of what I do after Ron because uh-huh. he's just so dang good at it, you know. Yeah. Well, when you get to that point, like I said, I'd be a great, uh, I'd, I'd be a great case study for you. <laughs> <laughs> make okay. sure you make sure you put him in a uh, yeah. flame-proof building. Though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so my my first two, just a little tidbit here. First two times I tried welding, it was at the back of the old my dad's old Napa store. 
and I was wearing flannel pants. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess I, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm bright. I mean, I, I know what I'm doing. The problem was, is I had one of my dads. He's like, Steve, your legs on fire. Steve, your legs on fire. And I had no idea. So I'm like, oh. So what did I do? I put my leg out, and I was fine. I didn't have any burns or anything like that. It was it was flaming up my leg. I felt like I was Motley Crue, too fast for love, right? Isn't that what it was when they when they lit, set their legs on fire? Wasn't that yeah. what it was? I can't remember with that one. Anyway, uh, I did it again. Like being, uh, you know, like I said, there's. Blonde hair, slow learner. That's why there's seven kids at the house. Megan and I are both blonde. It took us too long to figure it out. Oh man. So anyway, how's your family? Good, good? Everybody's good, man. How about how about how about you? How's how's Judy? Good. She's good. We're doing good. And um, is she flogging yeah, so, the wee out of that Jaguar? Uh, she's helping me more and more in my business. That's cool. Um, she works with me uh, as a videographer now, and um, that dude, that's awesome because she was a lot of the, the business end of our business. So, she's a uh, teacher. Just, she's an instructor too, by the way. She taught she is, ballet, yeah. right? Dance and ballet, yes. and uh, she's got two degrees. One is in uh, elementary education. One yeah. is in um, dance education. Yeah. And uh, so you're talking about. I, I, need to learn how to be a teacher well i look over on the couch and say judy how do you do a lesson right and, and so she's been instrumental in in um helping me that's awesome understand what it means to uh, to well i get to take advantage of her um learning and her skills as an educator as a degreed educator um that you know so it's, it's been such a great thing to have her as my my life partner my business partner as well uh so it's i'm I, you touch me i'm so lucky i can't i can't even talk that's cool is she flogging the wee out of the jaguar too you know we had to do a cam swap on the jag so we used a uh um those of you who haven't watched it watch it on amazon prime hands-on cars it's also on my um my uh hands-on cars with kevin tate's facebook channel but it's a 1990 jag xjs uh, we gutted it except for the body and the suspension and everything else is aftermarket. So, yeah. uh, we put a six liter LS in it with a four lady transmission, uh, um, and made it into a nice car. We used a tricks, a trick flow, uh, top end kit, uh, made really nice power, 103 millimeter throttle body, which is huge. Yeah. Big. That's big dude. Yeah. It's that big. Yeah. It is. Um, and you know, wide open. Yes. This thing pulled like a freight train did, did really great, but you know, it was, it was, a little bit persnickety off of a stoplight, so we did a oh. cam swap. We put an RV cam in it and a smaller Holly 90-millimeter uh, throttle body, and it tamed it down. It drives nice now. Way more so streetable. Way more streetable. Yeah. And so she, she's she's finally um, going to be able to start to drive it. But I wanted to make sure that she could get in it, turn the key, and go. Yeah. And it just wasn't like that. <clears throat> it made great power, but, you know, it's a Jag XJS. It's not a... It's not a quarter mile or eighth mile drag no, car. No, so but you know those those cars actually handle pretty well because isn't that that's the oh, same yeah. platform as the Lincoln LS, right? No, no. That's okay. The one that's that was the answer to the XKE. Okay. Type morphed into the XJS. That was the, okay. that was uh, the Jaguar's answer to the E type and the yeah. evolution up. It's one of the best handling road cars on the planet. I, I agree. That car had a twenty. Plus, 21-year run. They started them in 1975. The last year, uh, XJS was a 96. So they, it's a beautiful car. Hmm. I love the lines. I love the silhouette. Yeah. And, and the handle, it's Jaguar. It's yeah. that IRS system that Hot Rodders borrowed uh, for years and Carol years. Carol Shelby did. Mm-hmm. Carol Shelby did, exactly. Yeah, you know. And the front suspension, it's a, you know, SLA uh, 
front suspension. It's just a gorgeous yeah. car to drive. The V12 we pulled out of that car made 129 horsepower at the rear wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and it, how, it's pretty. It's fairly. It's not massive. It's not like a Viper V10, but it's a pretty decent size motor, isn't it? The V12 is stupid. Yeah, it's huge, right? No, it's just, it, it's unbelievable, yeah. So, funny story there. Um, Blaine at, at uh, Holly Performance, he's their media marketing guy, Blaine Burnett. Um, I told him what I was doing, and of course, Holly has been a wonderful sponsor for uh, things that I've been doing over the years, and I love their product line. It's very user-friendly stuff, and they've given me excellent support, so shout out to Holly yeah. and Blaine. Again, they've always had my back, and I love those guys. It's a family-owned uh, operation, and uh, I, I love it as well. But but they um, they said, hey, well, yeah, yeah, well, let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, because it's their Dominator computer, and uh, the intake manifold is one of their family companies at MSD. And, and so there's Holly all over it down from the cast headers and everything. Um, and he said, what are you doing with that V12? And I said, why do you want it? He said, yeah, I want to make a coffee table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was thinking, he just wanted to put this V12 or Holly's going to do something. In a car or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I want to make a coffee table. That's great. Do you want a 900 pound coffee table? Because that was just that's what the stupid thing weighs. Oh my but, god! Uh, anyway, just uh, think about the horsepower the gain just by dropping the LS in there. Right. Just on the on weight savings. That, yeah. Well, power is weight. Yeah, we lost 275 pounds by switching that engine. That's crazy. Well, you know, that that's itself, yeah. g- going back to Bird. Um, by the way, Kevin Tetz is the only guy to have two vehicles in the in our booth. Yeah. That, uh, that honestly, that's crazy. the truth. We're, you're the only guy that's had two vehicles in the booth. Um, but Bird was saying the same thing. That's why the LS is such – yeah, I'm a Ford guy, I admit it, but the LS is such a great platform. You can put it in anything, uh-huh. and he put it in that whatever it is, E30. He said he actually gained 50 pounds by yanking out that four-cylinder, inline four-cylinder cast yeah. whatever that was in that E30 and the transmission yeah. by putting that LS in there. So not only does it – like you did. I mean, you had a bigger, yeah. bigger weight gain. Which God, that must have freed up that front end to make it handle even better. Because Jags have always handled well, but they just always have yeah. been underpowered compared to like, you know, other exotics or or whatever, you yeah. know, Ferraris yeah. and that type of thing. Especially yeah. in the racing in Europe, they they've always handled well. They just BMW is an incredible road car, and Jaguar is an incredible road car. The reliability issues of both BMWs are better. Right after about five or six years, you talk to a BMW technician. My co-host on the truck show, Ryan Shan, was recruited by BMW to be one of their master techs, master certified technicians. That's where he transitioned from uh, when he joined the trucks team. Um, he was he was a, a a cracker jack mechanic and a BMW specialist, and he would tell you that after about six years, all the systems start to get a little bit wonky in those cars, and they're worth about what they weigh. So Jaguar is the same way. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, um, Jags have an electronics problem. That's been always haunted them oh, forever. Yeah. The Jag guys, the Jaguar guys call it the Lucas Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm awesome. I'm not making that up. I love that. I couldn't make that up in my time. Oh, that's you know, great. And I, I caught a lot of heat from uh, LS Swap and a Jaguar. They go, hey, mate, you're ruining it. You're lumping it. Yeah. That's the term they have for it is lumping it. Lump, uh, yeah. lumping a Jaguar, and then I'd get a private message from him and said, "Dude, I get it." You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's posting on the forum like, "Hey, don't do that," and then yeah. he yeah, then you get yeah. the the DM. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Hey, do as I say, not as I do, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Mm-hmm. The, I was my point was going to be with just like that BMW, the Jaguar. <laughs> theoretically, if I was to go over 100 miles an hour, that car at 100 miles an hour 
it just starts to settle in. It just starts That's to find awesome. its happy home. You know what I mean? Right. And it's such a wonderful road car. The aerodynamics, the way the suspension responds uh, and adapt. It's just a great, great car. And, and I'm so stoked to, to have it. That's cool. It's awesome. It's a great car. Um, but compared to that Jag on a handling perspective, it's a big dumb animal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it handles good. It yeah. handles just fine. You know? hey. um, but it's still a leaf sprung car in the back end. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a, it's a, very thirsty, very powerful twin turbo LS powered second gen Camaro. It's yeah, fun. and that is where I got introduced to Zed. Yes, I, I, you know, as a Z, I just assume everybody calls it Z, uh-huh. but in Canada, I think in in um, Great Britain too, it, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. It's 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 not a Z. Last, you don't. It's not Z. It is Zed. That's why it's yeah. Zed sled. Oh. Yeah. So. And, and what's zero? Differences. There's differences in nope. dialect and diction. You know, sure. for instance, the word progress down here is pronounced progress up in canada and in the uk so when i first started doing television uh you know one of the things we were oh, doing a motorcycle sure. whatever it was on the classic ride show i had you know hey guys welcome to classic rides we're, we're making great progress on our harley davidson yeah. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. yeah it's progress dummy it took me a long time to reprogram the way i, I yeah. spoke but you know it's all good it's all fun that's cool so I, yeah. we've totally blown up our format, yeah, but, but we're, this is great. I don't care. I'm having yeah. a good time with you. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I can just sit and talk to – it's hard because we don't really get a lot of time, um, but it's great to talk to him like this. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, he's got a lot of great stories, a lot of great insight. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had such great life advice either, and he really does. You'd make I'm a good that that now. Yeah. You know? You'd make a good well, life coach. You. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and um, I, I don't know. We, it's It's – we all try and be better humans. I know we yeah. all do. And it, it's in all of us to, uh, to do that and be uh, sharing and giving beings. It's what we're supposed to do on this planet. And in the meantime, you know, and on that, I'm not going to sit here and talk about myself the whole time, but, but one of the things that's really cool, I talked about my cumulative experience leading to all roads lead to where we are right here. And now. Right. Um, but um, I just lost my thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Hey, I see that old smoky moonshine uh, mason jar in back there. I think he's been hitting the sauce a little bit already today. Can I ask a specific question? Yeah. So I read somewhere you were basically born into like cars. And I just wanted to ask, like specifically when you were younger, and it sounded like your, your dad was in the business, you know, what kind of cars were you into? What kind of rides did you have? And are there any you wish you didn't let go? Yeah, which one do you wish you still had? Um, cars were – okay, uh, there, there's – I'll answer that question after this one. Cars and automobilia, everything, the history of cars, it's, it's how I learned to communicate. It's my earliest uh, memories. The toys. My dad is a journeyman. Uh, he he's seventy nine or seventy eight years old. He restored a fifty five Chevy truck uh, five years ago. So it, that's it's wow. in his blood. It's in my um, uncle Herb had a salvage yard. Cars from the twenties to the to the seventies, and that's where we learned how to how to play. Me and my brother and my cousin Glenn Wayne and Alan. We 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 learned cars by being in and around cars, and we were dirt poor so if i needed a car if i wanted a car i had to make it i had to mm. build it i had to buy a piece of crap and make it run and not die in it so so <laughs> my love for cars yeah. was my love for family and the way we communicated was through car stories and car analogies and you know 
icons like Shelby and, uh, you know, watching the Indy 500. Uh, it was a freaking religious event yeah. for us because cars were so ingrained in our family culture that um, it just became part of communication. Yeah. So that's where I get my love of cars. And, and honestly, it's the thing that taught me um, the value of work. Because if I can take a car and I can create uh, something and make it look better, and I can have that that reward of um, my work and my hands and my my diligence and arguably skill making something better than it was. Wow, what a sense of pride! Hmm. So it was an empowering thing for me right from the start, you know. And when I actually really started taking it seriously as an adult, um, my that catapulted me forward to being able to be a better technician uh, and making more money for my family in collision repair. So um, th that's where I get my um, my passion for it. You know, it's it's so far down deep. I got to take my shoes off to see the yeah, it's, you know it's, what I'm saying? It's yeah. in your DNA, essentially. It absolutely yeah. is, yeah. 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 And, um, you know, my dad told me a long time ago, he said, Kevin, you see, you, you, you want to be a body man, you, you probably won't get rich, but you're never going to be without a job. Yeah. And I'll go. never forget that, you know, and, and that's uh, these days uh, we talk about things like the skilled trade deficit. In yes. This mm -hmm. yeah. Listen to Mike Rowe, what he's trying to yes. do single handedly bring back the trades into schools. Yeah. Uh, so those things ring so true for me because it, it is literally manifested in my life. Uh, all the good things in my career are, are born from my technical skills that I've acquired through hard work, a little bit of DNA, but a lot of hard work and a lot of just, uh, you know, growing those skills and and my my ability to translate the thought of if i work harder more will happen right those two universal skills uh, you know so this point in time where it's a really nice message to be able to say look you can do really well with a skilled trade guess what i've got the career to prove it yeah and it's all based off of my technical skill skill level yeah so i'm very very proud of the fact that i've been able to make a, a living for my family and do do um the dream job right i have the dream job but you know what it didn't exist before i did right i made my lane and i'm proud to say that i did i'm not bragging i'm not chest thumping but you know uh, what i do for a living is based off of what i what i dreamt up mm -hmm. well you you're know? right like all roads lead to where you are today like for you the the um, stage stage presence being the <laughs> lead singer and by the way it's a here, man. But KT, like you watch those videos yeah. of him, dude. You're great. You're killing. We it. we, yeah, we were actually it. we were actually just talking about that before we got on the call with you. Like your stage presence, like I'm like I could totally go watch that show. You could, because you're so good. You know, you the rest of the band, but but as a lead singer, you really have to be. You got to be like Diamond Dave, right? You got to be the animated one. I had to learn. I, I was the first band that I actually went on the road with. I was a group called Section Eight, and um, it was right out of high school. I think I was 19 years old. We we're playing clubs and bars in Western Canada, and you know I didn't know what to say. And, and you know we weren't getting the good bookings because we weren't an entertaining band. We were good. We we're good musicians, but we didn't have a show. Right. And so the guys in the band sat me down one night. And they said, "Listen, man, you're the lead singer. You're the guy. You got to be the front man." And my argument was, I don't know what to say. And and the guitar player, Johnny, looked at me and said, well, you better figure it out. <laughs> which, which meant, um, which meant you're going to get fired and we're going to replace you with somebody because we're tired of playing these dive bars. Right. 
<laughs> so, so I went to school and I said, okay, this, this, I want to do this. I got to learn. I had to get out of my own skin and my out of my own comfort zone. I started to go and see bands that I, I thought made a great, you know, so this front man jumps on the front, uh, on the, the, the tables and kicks off the drinks and, and gets a high five and, <laughs> and goes home with the guy's girlfriend. This guy climbs up the PA stack and does the swim on the top of the PA stack. And, and this guy you know, pours water on the cymbals while the drummer is doing his drum yeah. solo and it looks like an explosion. You know, so I started taking notes. I started going to school and I started saying, well, what can I do here? And and I, I had to literally um, change my entire mindset for the sake of my, of my wanting to have a career. And once I got over the threshold of, um, of managing my fear, um, because you know everybody talks about bravery. Everybody, you're brave, brave, brave. Brave it is not the absence of fear. It's the ability. Bravery is the ability to, to have um, a thought process and action during the event of fear. Right. So once I was able to manage that, um, it emboldened me, and yeah. then I started to to get better at it. And then yeah. I felt better about it, and then I started. You know, of course, you know, whatever. We can go into hmm. the psychology yeah. of why I wanted to be a rock star. Well, that, but but I mean that's cool. So for you, like all roads lead to everywhere. Yeah. You know your 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 young childhood being cars being a part of your DNA, your oh. band presence. You were smart enough to stay out of trouble, and like you said, like you're talking about creating your own path. Like there is this job doesn't exist, but you created it. Yeah. All those skills you had, so. It just goes to show you that if you just keep pressing on, because early on, a lot of times you may not have the success right away, but if you keep your foot on the gas, you keep grinding and you keep powering through, yeah. you'll get there. It, well, it, and then it just starts taking the, off. Here's the other thing, too. And I used to kind of shy away from, from talking about my, my music days and, and all that kind of stuff because, you know, I didn't get the brass ring. We, you know, I got to tour. I got, we made some cool music videos. Uh, there's a video that uh, I'm going to put up on YouTube that um, we, we shot with a band called Sin City at the Troubadour. The Troubadour is where uh, Elton John was discovered. Yeah. Jim Morrison puked off of that stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we rented out the Troubadour and did this rock video. Uh, we were a good band. Uh, we were displaced by Nirvana. Yeah, the grunge. Hard pop, yeah. Um, edgy Zeppelin-type rock and roll. And then here comes uh, Nirvana, and it wiped us off the map. So that was my last real hard effort at trying to be a rock guy. But, But... So, um, we were uh, uh, all these experiences, all this kind of stuff. Uh, it was it was great. I never did get the brass ring and got signed to an independent label, all that kind of stuff. So it's all great life experience leading up to the point to where um, I was at my stupidest point, and I was at the peak of my ego. Now, ego is is who and what you think you are. It's your it's your your perception of yourself spiritually and physically. That is what ego is. And ego is like karma. It just is. So you either have an ego that people don't like to be around or you, your ego is one that's receptive and, and, and gracious. So um, I was at a point to where I was bulletproof. I could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with any lead singer on the planet. I was really good. I had a four-octave vocal range. I, I had chops. I had licks. I was skinny. I was 130 pounds soaking wet. I was <laughs> best shape of my life huh. i had long hair and i had the world by the you know what right and i was too stupid to take my voice seriously and um i i lost it mm. i lost my voice i and and every other time that i had a sore throat or maybe a little bit of a vocal strain or something like that i just powered through it 
you know, I always warmed up. I took vocal lessons everywhere I could possibly. I studied under some of the best vocal coaches in the in the country. Um, but so I always thought I took care of my voice. But at this last band that I was in, um, I blew it. I blew it out, and I kept pushing, and I kept pushing. And I had such a severe vocal strain that I couldn't order at a drive-through without my voice cracking like I was 14 years old. So what do you do when you're a lead singer that can't sing? Yeah, you talk yeah, about a, a, a right. Struggle. Oh, about yeah, a, humbling. Uh, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I came off the road with about two hundred bucks to my name and clothes that I probably shouldn't wear on the street. Long black hair with a purple streak down the side, and I'm asking, I'm begging for a job <laughs> at a local body shop in Tennessee. Wow, dude. You know, you talk about hearing no. You think the music industry tells oh, you no? Oh yeah. Which right. Which it does. So uh, here I am at literally ground zero i bottomed out i wasn't i never was into drugs i drank a little bit and there might have been some recreational stuff but you know marijuana always affected my throat drinking a lot on stage always affected my throat i was always egocentric with that i was always took care of myself i was you know i was in good shape all that kind of stuff and i never i had i lost friends to drugs and i lost friends to to horrible things in that music industry but for some reason i was able to to navigate my way through that so that was never the problem with me um the problem was i i thought i was bulletproof and i wasn't and so that brought me back to a uh, a point of ground zero and what the heck do I do now? So uh, back to, I, I didn't used to ever talk to uh, talk about my, my music because I, I was ashamed of it. I was like, well, I failed. I failed with that. That was 10 years of my life that I wasted and I felt so bad and so guilty for that and so ashamed that I never made anything of it that I it, it, it forced me to focus my energy so hard on catching up that I studied hard. I, I was really diligent. I was in my 30s, for gosh sakes, and I was at an apprentice level pushing a broom in a body shop. So I was. I had to have a fast track on education, certification schools, every kind of an educational format uh, I, um, I, I took advantage of. Um, on, you know, it wasn't even online courses back then, but reading books. I've got a little red book. It's called... Um, Oh, I, you know, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's, a, it's a metal shaping or metal bumping book. Um, anything that I could get my hands on to make me a better technician, that's what I did. And I did it with, with shame and humility, thinking I'd wasted 10 years of my life. So I realize now as, you know, I'm 56 years old now, and I realize that that wasn't a waste of time. Right, but I'm no. so glad that I I bottomed out that I crashed over that because it uh, it stripped me of of um, of my, of arrogance, it humbled me and it taught me that um, that I needed to really kick in and work super hard, and all of that has served me very well. Sure, to the point to where now I can look back at that experience and I go, okay, rock and roll taught me how to run a small business. Rock and roll taught me a lot about television. Yeah, it taught me how to stage presence yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you're stage you're presence. great at that yeah. you were like watching those videos like i said you you were you know not to boost your ego not to boost up that bad <laughs> ego again but no you you really were like yeah. watching that like wow dude he's really you look comfortable and it's funny and i didn't know any of this about you until after i had met you so it's yeah. a trip to see you like that right younger you know what i mean but yeah you were killing it. You were, you were absolutely killing it on stage on those at the top videos game, I've man. seen. Uh, you know, it's all about timing, and I appreciate that. And and I, I was fully confident at one point that I could I could stand and do you know a blues jam with David Coverdale, and and you know I've gotten the chance to share the stage with a lot of great artists and things like that. And and I was never uncomfortable on the stage, and and it was a wonderful place for me to uh, 
to have that life. And, you know, my, my good friend T.C. Penning, every once in a while he stops me and he said, listen, you've got to do that. Not many people can say that. You've got to do that. So I go, yeah, man, you know, it is cool. Yeah. I did get to do that. Yeah. So, um, you know, not, not in a, like, a, I'm all that thing, but wow, it was, it was the stupidest I've ever been and survived it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Hey, okay, by the way, I, I've always wanted to know this story. How in the heck did you and T.C. meet? This is a good story. <clears throat> I was on the set of Trucks, and okay. it was, while it was still called Trucks, and it was still Power Block, not Power Nation. Uh, and TC, um, we would, you know, the the it, we called them interstitials. That's the big TV word for in between the shows. So Courtney Hansen was the Power Block girl, and mm-hmm. and uh, Courtney and I've uh, stayed friends to this day, and she's still uh, in, in media, and she's just great. Um, but Courtney was the girl in between the shows. And the Power Nation or the Power Block studio was right across from the truck studio. So they would seek um, national, uh, you know, uh, what are recognized vehicles like Randy Borcherding's cars. Or we'd have, um, like, we actually had the Don Spencer 32, a Pete Porus as a guest. And she, it was this cavalcade of, of automotive industry rock stars that would come through and be guests and interview. And Courtney would talk to all these people. But we would all, they would also reach out to local um builders for outstanding cars the producers of the power block would go out to local car right. shows they see something wicked and they'd say hey man uh, we've got a slot coming up in may 5th you want to bring your truck and your car on so tc was one of those guys and he had this um there's a couple of different vehicles that he had on there um my jaded mustang included because yeah. i credit that as a big customs build um but um one of the th- trucks that he had on there was this it was a coe People that don't know what that is, it's the really squashed, big truck version of an old 40s and 50s Chevrolet truck. Like cab over, right? Yeah. Cab over. Cab over engine. That's what COE stands for. So he did this extended cab four-door version of a COE with a big exploded force profile and uh, proportioned fenders on a Kodiak chassis. This thing looked like it rolled off the factory. It was beautiful craftsmanship, bright red, um, just unbelievable one-off custom stuff. So TC was a guest on. He had this truck on there, and it was downtime. Maybe it was rolling the vehicle out. We weren't shooting that day, so we had our garage door up in the studio. TC comes over and said, hey, man, what are you doing? So, you know, he just he's a nice guy. We just started talking. And um, so he started talking to me, and and uh, had a great conversation about business he was having some um uh, maybe some employee issues and some some workflow issues and he, he started asking me some some questions about um you know body shops and and how to get his profile but we had a ended up striking a friendship up with that so um you know we worked together on some stuff um and that conversation led to me asking him hey would you be interested in helping us on trucks with the build every once in a while that way we can give you a lift at bay one customs and you know get you on the show and you can help us move some vehicle projects forward because as you know on the truck show it was me and ryan we didn't have a b crew we didn't have somebody to finish the work after we were done making tv it was us so uh, it was really nice to have somebody with like tc right up the road sure that had incredible skills he's right. a self-taught engineer he's a, he's a renaissance man uh and so he would come in and, and help us on stuff and um and we just struck up a friendship you know we talked about the good human aspect and how you can read people and you can you can feel people out. TC is a good person. He's got a really good heart and, and good energy. And on top of that, he brings to the table an amazing skill set. And uh, and I'm man crushing on him right now. Yeah. And I don't no, I, hey, look, dude, I, I totally dude, agree with no. you. I mean, he's yeah. 
He's insane. In mm. fact, is what I'd like to do is I'd like someone, and maybe maybe I don't know if we can work it out or not. Somebody needs to get that freaking Woody that he built for my dad. That needs to be in a magazine, or I may just have you guys, if it works out, have you, you do a what? video interview yeah. with him and go over the car. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna oh, do that. Okay. 100%. Yeah, we, we yeah, need to do got that. A few details. Yeah. To to finish up on it, but I know it's headed back to his place oh. from uh, from Jan's place yeah. in interior. It, and Jan is such an artist. Oh, as well. oh dude, and, I, uh, Dad sent well, me some images of that. Oh, it's man. to me like honestly that that is. Yeah. You know you don't yeah, see a lot of them is. in Tennessee. Yeah. You see, out in California, that's where you see a lot of them. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen one like that. No. I, I think there's not another one like it. Dude, people no. are gonna go ape ape bonkers out here when they see that thing. And you talk about uh, I won't I won't go down this rabbit hole too far. But you talk talk about um, somebody being ahead of their time. Yeah. So that is a uh, people that don't know it. It's a '49 Woody two door, very rare car. It was rusted from the middle of the doors down. Yes. None oh, of it yeah. left. So this is a body swap on a '95 uh, Explorer. Yep. Yep. No, 2005. Yeah. 2005. 2005. Sorry, yeah, 2005 yeah. Ford Explorer. It's literally a body drop on it. It looks so at home. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The, the track width, the wheelbase, it's perfect. So TC had the vision to do this because um, Bruce wanted a, a driver with all the amenities of a modern vehicle, reliability, fuel economy, all the lights, and where he could go because yeah. he used to own an Napa hey, store. Hey, we go to the Napa store yeah. and get a voltage regulator. Right, plug it in. And By the way, I, on a personal note, I have to thank you for getting me connected to TC because I failed. I didn't get the heat shield thing built up enough to get my dad a Shelby when he was young enough to enjoy it, so his taste changed. <laughs> So if yeah. I hadn't met you, hadn't met TC, the Woody thing would have never happened. I, I always feel like I let my dad down because I never got it juiced yeah. up enough for him to get the yeah. Shelby. But he couldn't be more stoked right now on that Woody. So, so thank cool. you for that. Yeah. You know. Oh no, that's you know. Yeah. There's I'm so fortunate in the in the world that I live in that I get to rub shoulders with with uh, my heroes. And every once in a while, I'm blessed enough to be able to put people together and. Um, you know, and when it makes sense, you know, you should know you. And here's an e-introduction yeah. with an email address, and, and step away from that and just let it blossom. And and I'm 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 happy that I was able to uh, to introduce you guys to TC Panic and um, and all that's come of that. And it's changed his world as well. You yeah. guys have lifted as as me. You've lifted his profile up, being at that coveted spot at the SEMA show. Yeah more than one time well I, i'm glad uh, you talked him into going because he th he didn't think he belonged there but he absolutely does no. that cameo and that truck and i mean absolutely you know because yeah. he was going well I, blah, 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 blah. you know and my mission was to, was to put him in the middle of that hall and say you belong yeah here. yeah this yeah. is your world you just don't know it yet and uh and and he's he's comfortable with that now yeah but it took him a while it's yeah him well, i'm years glad you did because you you well you, you know you got a you got a great eye for things and a great eye for people so i think well, you were smart you, you know, wouldn't have sent him there if you thought he was going to be overwhelmed yeah you had to push him a little bit but he needed that he needed to go i well you know he it was it was my mission to give back what what he sacrificed for me and there's yeah. a lot not just TC but uh, Brian Finch from uh, Finch Performance went over and above his his uh, you know what I even uh, asked him for help on and helped me body work and put quarter panels on on the jaded Mustang yeah dude I, to, I I know that I'm, was a pain in the ass for you and and so but it was while I was running education and full-time on trucks right. and um, I made the commitment to you guys and uh, gosh I just it was it was on the bucket list to to get a car in hot rod alley at SEMA. are you kidding me how could i not get it done and so i was in deep trouble and guys like finch 
Chris Lee, TC, Randy Jones, all all the gang. We talk about getting the band back together, and it's those guys that um that have um. <laughs> I'm seeing the little GoPros. Go yeah, well, the batteries keep dying on them. And I wish they didn't put it on my ugly mug. Actually, it was what I might they have it. No, 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 no. Is well, we didn't. Literally, he shut his shop down for months to get my Mustang done. Yeah. And um, and it made it. It was he made a commitment to me, and by God, he was going to see it through. Yeah. And he wanted to go, and um, in my in exchange for uh, him doing that for me, um, it was my duty and my function to introduce him to as many contacts as I could in the industry and help him realize that he belonged in amongst the best of the best. Yeah, he totally so does. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm, I feel like that uh, that I've I've held up my end of the bargain and um, and I'm so happy that he's taken that ball and run with it and and you know he's one of those guys that uh, uh, he's well he's booked three years out yeah you know that's a lot right there that's yeah. not because he takes cheap work either yeah. no no well no. And he yeah he doesn't I think he's he's said he was kind of getting tired of these big builds but he's still doing them so. Yeah. I think, I mean, what would he do if he didn't do the big builds? You know, the challenge would be over for him. And I think that's really what it comes down to. He needs yeah. the challenge for his, like, okay, how am I going to figure out how to make that work, right? Yeah. So. He's, um, and Tim Strange taught me this phrase. Um, he was talking about a young guy that was working with him. And he said, he said, yeah, so-and-so is good. He's really good with skills. He's good with the metal. He's a good welder. But we haven't cracked his mind open yet. Hmm. We haven't opened up his mind. We haven't cracked his head yet. And what that means is you, we've got thresholds of fear, of, of limitations, that we, the obstacles that we put in front of ourselves that are of nobody else's doing, but of our, our insecurities and our comfort zones that we wall off like a freaking fortress. And um, it, you get people that unlearn over time, and, and that opens up in people. And, and that conversation with Tim Strange was really interesting to me because it taught me that um, my obstacles are mine. And for me to grow, I had to break those barriers down. Hmm. And somebody like TC, uh, when I say somebody's fearless, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He can look at a problem and he can, and he understands because he's proved it to himself over and over again that he can solve that problem. Right. He can go down that rabbit hole and eventually have a success. Yeah. And that's hard one. That yeah. takes a long time for somebody to realize and, and break those barriers down. You know? Well, you didn't, just not to be afraid like, hey, look, I might try this and it may not work out. But I yeah. know I can. I will keep fixing it until it does, and that's that's yeah. what's great about yeah. them. Well, and the one you know, back to the power block. It was such a, you know, I, I it was a dream job. It truly was. There was a lot of hard work, and there was a lot of stuff that wasn't great about that right. world. But it was the dream job. And one of the best things about it was that I was right down the hall from somebody that was an absolute expert in their field. Uh, engine builders, Johnny Bouchard. Uh, Ian Johnson, who's not only a, a crackerjack builder, but he's a teacher. He was a, literally a high school shop teacher and worked as a GM transmission technician at GM dealerships and, and was on Monster Garage. So he's he, uh, to be able to go down the hall and say, um, Jesse Combs, uh, help me set up this welder. And right. she come down and, and she actually literally did. She walked by the studio one day. It's one of my best memories of her. Uh, and I was my welder was popping and spitting, and I was twisting dials and, and she said hey kt what's going on and i said man i, I can't dial in i was I had dissimilar substrate uh, thicknesses and i said i can't dial this in i'm blowing through and then I'm, i don't have enough feed i, I said I, i'm just having trouble setting she, she said let me check it up so she looked at it she put helmet gloves on eh, twisted it two or three adjustments she said there you go and she walked away and it was like <laughs> that's and, and was, awesome and and 
it was wonderful and it was like okay that was fantastic yeah. in the first place i'll never uh I, I have fond memories of her like that but that was that's the quintessential lesson in that building you gotta be a uh you gotta be um willing to step aside from your insecurities and say i don't know what i'm doing here can right. you help me yeah and you know in life it's there's very few people on this planet that if you sincerely went up to somebody black brown white woman man trans by what it doesn't republican democrat it doesn't matter if you literally sincerely went one-on-one -on -one to somebody on this planet and said i'm having trouble can you help me on a human level 99.9 percent .9 of us will say yes how can i help yeah you? exactly that, that's the spirit of that's humanity right there not yeah. to get all esoterical and all that kind of stuff but but you know we get divided in our own rights and and social media is not the friend of that but, no but on a on a human <laughs> level um you know most people are like that but we have to be willing to ask in the first place is my point yeah you know and once we can back off of our own selves enough to say I don't really know what I'm doing here. Can you, can right. you help me? That was one of the greatest things that I surrounded myself and I, I expanded my knowledge uh, so much while I was at that job. Not just doing TV, but I didn't. I wasn't able to stick in my wheelhouse because I had to represent 85 different products in right. the course of a calendar. Year, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's cool. It, it, it's probably cool. It's probably what caught Jesse. She probably caught the sound of a welder struggling, like she could tell, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's probably what, what drew her in. Like, that was probably like, hey, what's going on in there? That's driving me nuts. Yeah. So that's that's cool, though. But, I mean, what a great story. And, and like you said, you've got a lot of people there that you can, um, I don't know, you can, just, you can learn. The important thing is that you did learn, right? You were able to be a sponge because some people can't do that, and that creates problems. That might be one of the silver linings of all this lockdown stuff is maybe people are – kind of figuring life out maybe we don't need to make it as complicated as we are and let's all just try to help each other a little bit more yeah i decided um through the advice of another guy that is a motivational guy his name is tony watley i i did his podcast a while ago and uh, a really interesting cat um he's a self-made man and, and has decided to focus his energy on empowering people in small business and uh, he's got a really good podcast called 365 driven if you get a chance to watch it but um you know, Tony just sent me a message. He said, "These, you know, in these times, leaders rise up and and, and are vocal. Don't be don't be quiet." Yeah. And so I'm not the guy to get on Facebook Live and start preaching. I'm not that. But I decided to do uh, the motivational or the the positive thought of the day every morning at 8:30 on Facebook. So if you want to if you want to get my positive, oh, there you go. I'm we got to do that. You know, and, yeah. You know, it's it's. The thing I put this morning, I did hashtag reset button, and that's what this is. This, um, you know, we can isolate ourselves and try not to to spread this uh, horrible disease uh, to other people. You know, it, everything will get back to normal. But this is this is a weird animal. This is from animals, and we don't have antibodies built up for for this. And on top of the fact that this virus is is uh, mutating really fast, um, it's it. It's very dangerous to, to certain groups of people right. that are uh, susceptible to um, to immunodeficiency, to age, to cardiopulmonary disorders. Uh, we all know somebody with those conditions. So while we are being careful and trying to do our part in not um, not spreading this, quite frankly, um, it, it's 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 a chance to have a little bit of self analysis and go, okay, what's really important, right? And and what can I do when my supply chain is screwed? 
because my aftermarket company manufactures offshore. Okay, what do I do now? Maybe this is a really interesting time in our industry to where we can refocus some manufacturing back into the United uh, yeah, States. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. we're that's what we're really helping. So so far, I mean, just as a little status update for us, we, we haven't been affected, right? Nope. Everything we make is here. Um, that's a lesson right there. Yeah. Steve. Wow, so man, I mean, that's that's powerful right there. So some of the car businesses, <laughs> and I would say yesterday was the first day that we finally saw just a little bit of slowdown, but we've yeah. got. We do make things for uh, some people that make parts for ambulances, fire trucks, military applications in particular. So some of those companies actually have the some of them give us POs like six months in advance. And two of them recently said, hey, we need to up the quantity because their demand. So we're we're lucky in the sense that, you know, we've been able to keep everybody that's wanted to stay that feels comfortable working. Everyone's here, and they, we all got work to do, so that's great. It's a blessing. There's been a few people that don't want to go. Like my daddy just doesn't come in anymore. He comes in at night maybe when no one's yeah. here or whatever, and that's that's fine, dude. I, yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Um, I kind of miss giving him a hard time personally, but I just have to do it through text message now. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so we're, we're lucky. And, and I like you're talking about the trade thing earlier with Micro. You know, there's we're going to need a lot of those people. We're going to need a lot of that skill set. There might be yeah. – jobs that are lost because of this but if they can transition into some other skill yeah yeah i mean one of the things before this even happened we've had trouble finding people who can sew yeah you know an industrial like an upholsterer so yeah so (laughs) there's jobs out there for everybody um if if we we do need to do more skills and more more production in this country we definitely have to we got to do it i think that will backswing you know and the thing about it is is our country is so big and there's so many people that it's it's like a giant aircraft carrier on the water. It can turn mm-hmm. around and about face and go back the other way, but it takes a while. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's going to take a while, but I think maybe this puts an exclamation point at the end of that sentence and is uh, is going to be a correcting factor in how business is done and maybe even how regulations are are um, are looked at from an industrial level. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, the biggest thing the 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 most alarming thing out of all of this is that, and I didn't know this, is that most of our pharmaceuticals, yeah. most of our medicines are made overseas. That's in scary. The where this disease yeah. originated. Yeah. China. And, and yeah. So how smart is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not really, yeah. right? Yeah. Nothing against Chinese manufacturer. They've got that game down. Well, it's and it's iPhones. Yeah, and it's not the Chinese people, right? The Chinese people are they're great people. It's It's the the government. You cannot. You just can't. You know, it's us finding a way to navigate regulations, ecological positive thinking, mandating, you know, conservation, saving the planet, all those things, all at the same time as as making our industry and our country, quite frankly, um, independent. Yeah. It's nothing wrong. It's a global yeah. economy. It is. And it's never yeah. going to go back to, no. to anything. But, however, I think we can be smarter. And I think this is going to – this is the reset button yeah. going back to that. Well, well, I mean, it, thank, thank God we, we didn't chase away all the manufacturing, right? So no Ford doubt. and GM are both yeah. able to transition and to make these yeah. ventilators, much like the way they did in World War II, making vehicles, aircraft – Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's it's I great that we haven't lost. We definitely need to bring more back from a strategic standpoint that we got to yeah. we got to do that. The one thing we do have, I think there's a military still. They make some most of their medicine here. So there's a 
foundation for some of that to come back relatively quickly because they're strategically, at least the military is smart enough to see like, hey, we can't get cut off, yeah, but they yeah. don't have enough to make uh, the capability to make it for everyone. So we, we got to yeah. change that. We got to change it. Yeah. You know, just like Canada, Mexico, every, every country should have some base, right? Some yes. internal manufacturing base. It's a good thing we produce our own oil now and now we export because yeah. God, can you imagine being at everyone else's mercy for that right now no, on top yeah. of everything it else? Be, it would be terrible. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be awful. Yeah. It'd be awful. Yeah. But okay, yeah. now do you want to do some rapid fire questions for KT or Just not? Some rapid fire. Yes. Rapid yes. fire. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So going back, what was, what is your years gone past? What is the car yeah. that you wish you could have most? Okay. Back. Right yeah. Yeah. I had a 63 Ford F100 uh, unibody oh. truck. Oh, unibody. It was a short bed. It was it was my favorite truck. It was such a piece of crap that I had to hang on to my girlfriend at the shoulder when I turned left because the passenger <laughs> side door would fly open. And, That's awesome. But I loved that truck. It had chrome reverse wheels, a dark gray paint job. It was the first upholstery job I ever did. It sucked, but I, I, I made my own door, right. door panels. It was the first engine I ever rebuilt. It's an inline six, a 292, I believe. Yeah. Um, or maybe I don't know what it was. I, I did everything except. No, I think that's a 300. I didn't have a cherry picker. I couldn't get the block out. So I rebuilt oh. that engine with the block still in the truck, and that's it ran. Awesome. Afterwards. That's I awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay, so you could do that because those things, unlike a modern car, there was a ton of room in there, dude. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You Tons could... of room, and it was a body on frame, unibody. Unibody, dude. Yes. Yes. How how straight hand. was it? Was it was it pretty straight? Because those that's the thing that haunts them. Oh yeah, it was no, straight. It was, it was good. And yeah. Well, that was I was 17 years old. That's too. awesome, so, dude. That's uh, rad. It, of course, everything was you know we remember romantically as well. But sure, uh, but it was a neat little truck. Mm, I yeah. wish I had it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I remember my first Mustang, I remember all the fun stuff. I don't remember the times I had to. How many times I had to push it? What about the time we had to coast home down the hill because the <laughs> electronics were totally? Oh yeah, up. was that? I had an alternator problem. I was running off yeah. the battery and it died. So I had to, yeah, you know, stupid stuff like that, or going down the freeway at 90 and your front wheel flies off, yeah. sparks go uh, over your head. That was fun. <laughs> but let's go. Okay, so now what's what's the other stuff for KT you got? Favorite memory on tour with uh, Novarex. There's probably lots of them. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Come on! Oh look, he has to think now. This is yeah. a good question. No, there's some that I can't uh, that I can't talk about. Okay. But, um, Favorite clean know, memory. Favorite clean memory. I'm going to drop names here, and I don't like to do that, but my favorite memory on stage was at a club in Orlando called the Fern Park Station. Um, it, it was literally a caboose that they built on the back of and made a rock club out of in, in uh, oh, Fern nice. Park Station in That's Winter awesome. Park. Yeah, the suburb of Orlando. Um, it was a, a Saturday night. The Pat Travers Band was in town, uh, and they used to hang out at, uh, at uh, Fern Park Station, and they were hammered. And also the drummer, Dave, I can't remember his last name, from Ollie Hatchet, was in the club that night. And it was a slow night. Maybe it was a Monday night. Anyway, it was an off night. It was like 15, 20 people in the club, maybe. And it was like a two, 300-seat club. And um, and so Nova Rex was my band. We're up there and we're jamming. And Pat Travers walks in. Uh, Jerry, um, Jerry uh, the guitar player for Pat Travers, walks in. Dave from Molly Hatchet walks in. And these guys are sitting there, and they got drunk enough to where they wanted to jam. Nice. So, <laughs> my favorite memory uh, that I'm going to talk about right now is I'm on stage with uh, Jerry from Molly Hatchet drumming. Um, my guitar player, 
JP Cervoni, uh, Pat Travers, uh, Jerry Riggs from Pat Travers, and me and Pat Travers doing a duet of Who Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. Oh, <laughs> man, I wish I was a fly on the wall for that. That's it rad. Was, it was awesome, man. That's too bad that happened that long ago and there weren't these little video cameras everywhere because yeah, that'd be no cool doubt. to have a video yeah. of that, that, you know? That would be, as they say, that would have gone virus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, gone virus. And after that show, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that up a little bit. So I kind of made friends with uh, the guys in the band. It was it was nice. You know, when we see them on the road, you know, you, we know each other's names now. So it was really cool meeting those guys because the Crash and Burn album for Pat Travers for me when I was, um, and I was really young when I started playing music. I was 13 years old. I was 15 when I recorded my first record with a group wow. called Galaxy. We were terrible, but it was a great experience. But but anyway, so I was always the young kid playing bass with these 30 year old guys that needed a bass player that could sing backup. So I always or surrounded myself with people from a musical experience that was way beyond my skills right. and my experience. So I transposed myself into different styles of music and got to learn all this other stuff. So, you know, after the club uh, shut down and we were all hammered, I, I got to, to go and I rode around with Pat Travers and we swapped stories because he's a Canadian too, or a, I'm a former Canadian, but, but Pat uh, was, it was from Ontario. So we talked about being Canadians down in the States trying to, you know, make music. It was just a really cool moment, you know, a very cool thing because this guy was a god to me. Right. And he's humble and he's nice enough to to, to hang out with, with who the hell was I. Right. I from Nova Rex. But, but we had this cool uh, evening and, and the jam session was awesome. Hanging out with Pat. It was just a cool thing. It was, That's it was awesome. Moment. That's cool. Yeah, it was and that was clean. So thank you for that. Yeah, very. Yeah. Clean. Very clean. That was a clean story. You're welcome. <laughs> are you still are you still involved with them? I mean, are you I mean, there's been a real research in kind of those that 80s metal and I mean, is it something that you would pursue? Uh, no, the name Nova Rex still exists. Those guys are still gigging in Central Florida, and they they play with groups like uh, Warrant, who is now back doing stuff. Slaughter. Um, there's there's uh, groups like that that are still doing you know summer tours and stuff like that. Of course, not right now. Music is shut down now, but um, but yeah. So Nova Rex is still gigging, and I actually did a uh, kind of a reunion show with them last September. It was really cool. Kenny, the bass player, reached out to me because he'd asked me a half a dozen times if I wanted to come and join the band again over the years. And my first answer is no. And it's because I, I, I don't have my chops anymore. And when I lost my voice, I'm telling you, I lost my voice. Right. And um, and it's th th those injuries still affect me to this day. I'm, I'm, I'm better through vocal therapy, uh, through a lot, a lot of different things. But I never, you know, I'm not going to do that because right. I can't be the. I, it's not good enough to be good. You have to be great. And when you're great, you have to be smart. And when you're smart and great, you have to be lucky. Those three things don't intersect. You're not going to be uh, Justin Bieber. You're not going to be Britney Spears. You're not going to be John Bon Jovi. Uh, and it has to be this perfect formula, now, which is interesting because the the harder I worked in the music business, didn't make a hill of beans worth of difference. The harder I work in automotive aftermarket, the more it comes back to me mm -hmm. tenfold. There so you go. that's an interesting life lesson as well. So um, anyway, so we had this reunion gig and, and uh, you know, we agreed that I would come and I would split the bill and play rhythm guitar and, and split the lead vocals with Adrian, their new lead singer, uh, who's been with the band six or seven years now. But anyway, so it was going to be a cool night. Great. So I committed, yep, we're going to do it. 
cool. Judy was on board. We're going to go down. Hard Rock Hotel was opening up a new uh, rock show in Daytona Beach. New hotel, free rooms, Oceanside View. I get to play a rock star. Oh, yeah, dude. So I said, yes. And then I sat to myself and I said, okay, okay, moron. You can't sing anymore. What are you going to do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So fast forward to, oh, my gosh, the Internet. So I said, what am I going to do? So I started singing along with some of the old songs we had recorded, and and I just sucked. So I've got instructional videos. I teach people automotive trades through instructional videos. So I said, okay, what what can I do? So I found an online singing course, and I'm going to talk about this this singer. His name is Ken Tamplin, and he was a Christian rock singer, really great rock singer. Uh, Had some success with some some non-secular... Christian rock bands, uh, but killer rock singer, killer. And um, and now he's got a singing course called How to Sing Better Than Anyone Else. And it sounds a little pompous, but this guy's got the chops to back it up. He's he's in around my age, maybe a little bit younger, but man, he's got a, an incredible range. And he's a, on, on top of that, he's a really great teacher. So I bought his singing course. I bought the full Cadillac series. I said, I'm, I'm in trouble. I got to figure out how to learn. Oh, and sure. he had these modules on how to recover from vocal injuries. So he literally retaught me um, diaphragmic support, breath support, proper posture, the proper way to nurse your voice back from an injury and get it to where you can now sing again. And it was amazing. It was empowering because I've been doing that for 21 years now. But in a different discipline, I found somebody else just like me. You know, that is is helping people uh, do stuff. So it was really, really cool. And it helped me get my chops back enough to stand on stage and sing and not be embarrassed. So it was really empowering to me and, and, and kind of quite the nucleus for me forming Patriocation University which is going to be an ongoing course. And that's my online trade school. And and the, the Ken Tablin vocal methods, um, even though it's completely not even associated with me uh, or with, with automotive in any way, shape or form, taught me that not only is it, is it valid, the format is valid, the, the, the structure of lessons, the backup, the individual attention, the opportunity to reach out and help somebody that you never even have to be in the same room with is palpable, is tangible. And, uh, and it's, it's a really, really cool opportunity. So never before in the existence of humanity did these circumstances come together to, to create an opportunity for us, right? Yeah, I think you'd be good at that because, I, I, you know, being – not not that I get to see you enough, but once a year we usually meet at SEMA or meet up at SEMA. But I remember just hearing people at that show, and you were doing stuff in the Eastwood booth, and there were a couple of people that said, "Wow, I learned a lot," like just by your little things there. And um, a guy we have local to us that that has helped us out quite a bit. Said, oh yeah, he's like he had some great, he had some, and he knows he knows things he's like I I picked up a few yeah. tips too. So. That's- um yeah, yeah that paint education thing learn. yeah you learn how to learn but i yeah that paint education it's paintucation.com, right yeah that's my website right now do yeah. you still have and paint tets as the instagram handle too or not yes uh that's yeah at, um 
at Instagram is uh, at Hands On Cars KT. That's the, so okay. Please, that's the handle. Please give us a follow yeah. there. Um, yeah. Uh, my Twitter handle is is uh, is Paint Tits. Paint Tits. Paint. Tits. Yeah. Paint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, but and I don't spend much time on Twitter. I don't really know how to use it, quite frankly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I I find a lot of benefit to Instagram because there's the live video aspect of it, and um, the the community as a whole is is it seems to be a really good. Group. Well, well, very visual, um, and for yeah. trying to uh, absolutely trying yeah, to teach it. people online, visual is the key. Um, plus, yeah. he's, he's also a great instructor. Like I said, I, I want to go to do the welding class, but I want to be the case no, study we'll, for him. We'll learn you up, buddy. Yeah. Well, well let me tell you, if you can do that, <laughs> so my two, dad will be impressed. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Um, so two follow-ups then. One, if you ever do another reunion show, you need to let us know so we can go. Yeah, in oh, advance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And okay. two, if if you're going to do that welding course, Steve wants to be the, the – I'm the case Guinea study. Yeah, yeah, you get case study. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I can probably. I'm pretty sure I can make you an alcoholic after trying to teach me how to weld. <laughs> no, I've been I've been teaching myself how to drink for a long time. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm getting really good at it. Okay. But, um, so on that note, um, uh, again, I, uh, the the brain fart, lost the thought. Uh, but um, what's well, so the welding course? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of did a practice welding course with my brother-in-law, and um, we ended up doing some horse trading, and he ended up with one of the welders that I have. And um, so I put on a little class, and it was it was my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my wife. And I just I just did this. This is gonna be fun. So we set up some metal samples. We had a welder that we passed around. Everybody had the right PPE, and uh, we and I, we just went about. You know, here's how the machine works. Here's how it turns. And so we did this little hour and a half little welding class, and it was it was big fun. And it was no pressure because nobody had to. You know, it was no no pressure, and it was it was just a lot of fun. So if if I can teach that class, and everybody has a reasonable modicum of success, then um, somebody that that. Uh, you know, we do some prep for it, and we do a welding course instead of a little refresher class. I, I'm pretty confident that uh, I can teach you the stuff. Okay, dimes. cool. All right, mm-hmm. challenge accepted. So challenge accepted. Well, let's let's get let you go. Right, we'll yeah, wrap absolutely. it up. Okay, so how do people follow you, Kevin? Let's do it again. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, I've got a Paint Education Facebook page. I have a Hands-On Cars with Kevin Tate's Facebook page and my personal page, just Kevin Tate's. And I monitor all three. I'm kind of a Facebook geek like that. And you know, people will, will PM me if they got a technical question. I can't always get to them right away, but you know, it's a nice way. It's the modern day message board, right? So follow me on those. Especially, I'm trying to build up um, my Instagram. So follow me at at Hands On Cars KT. We're trying to get a whole bunch of people focused on the Hands On Cars show because it's just good TV. Yeah. Um, and it's it's empowering, clean, no wrench throwing, no stupid fake drama. It's just good TV for the sake of building fun cars. So I like that. please follow me on there. Um, Go to paintucation.com. We have our DVDs for yes. sale as well as streamed versions of the DVDs and a lot more. Um, my DVDs are they're $39 for the DVD, but I have $5 videos, basic dent repair, how to a rocker panel for $10 repair. It's a $4.99 instructional video that's streamed. You can watch it on your personal communication device. So paintucation.com has all of those um, uh available for everybody uh, and in these times where we're binge watching heck why not binge watch some binge and, and learn a skill mm-hmm. learn yeah. learn a skill, skill where you're doing it 
Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And that's where Pay Education University is going to be broadcast. So if you're waiting for announcements on either my in-person hands-on classes or Pay Education University course availability, that's where I'm going to be making a big splash. And it's going to be sometime in the year 2020. I can't tell you exactly when because it depends on on um, couple other on things. a lot of different yeah. things coming together. But um, but that's where we're going to be announcing that stuff. So um, yeah, Good. please follow me. Please follow along. Um, and to everybody out there watching, I will do my level best to help you yep cool nice. they always will thank you everybody thank you for doing it thank you yeah. kt yeah. thank you kevin yeah, thank you steve and the guys uh you, you know uh, heat shield products has been uh, a problem solving company for me at the very base level so thank you for an outstanding product line thank you for being good humans thank you for your friendship <laughs> your camaraderie yeah. and and uh and just being been uh you know kind of a a, a beacon in the industry um and and a touchstone to where um you know it's it's just nice to have friends like you guys so thank you for doing you all right i appreciate <laughs> I that thank you that. katie yeah. all right buddy stay safe stay healthy and uh we'll we'll send some moonshine or alcohol or something back and forth get you yeah. ready for teaching me how to weld there yeah. you go yeah. <laughs> all right man thank you see you kt right, thanks buddy bye-bye cheers later man from everyone at Heat Shield Products, we thank you for listening to Hot Laps. Leave that review, subscribe, tell a friend, and most of all, stay cool. We'll see you next time, right here on Hot Laps.